Welcome to Fandom and Wellness, a podcast about the complex relationship between fandom and mental health. Disclaimer, we are not psychiatrists or psychologists. We are just fangirls with a vested interest in mental health. I'm Arkita. I'm Jenny. Dan. Yell. (laughs) (laughs) And this week, we're going to be talking about Frozen. (laughs) One and two. Yeah, both movies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I saw Frozen 2 immediately after seeing The Joker. We did a double feature sneak in style. So <laughs> I haven't so, done that in a while. Uh, I'm married to a Slytherin, so I do <laughs> naughty things now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, so I I feel like I wasn't like prepared when I walked in to watch this movie because the have either of you seen The Joker? Or no. No? no, I haven't seen it. Yet. I, 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 I didn't think I was going to enjoy it, but it, it's really fucking good, and we should actually do an episode on it. But it's really, really intense. Okay. Uh, so I, so I went straight from that into Frozen, and so it took oh. me like a good like ten minutes to like adjust. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> but yeah, but Frozen Two was amazing. <laughs> yes. Yep. I don't remember enjoying Frozen 1 that well, but I think I was I felt b- bombarded by it and I didn't go mm-hmm. into it really wanting to see it as a result, I think. But I definitely enjoyed Frozen 2 better. I agree. I think I enjoyed Frozen 2 way better because I at the same time I felt I felt the same way you did where you were just like bombarded with Frozen. I couldn't like I didn't watch the first movie until 2016 and i was on a flight back from europe and i was like i'll just watch it yeah i cried a little on the plane but like (laughs) (laughs) no biggie every plane ride so like that's normal new york i cry in the subway it's no big deal (laughs) i've done that you put your big sunglasses on and you just let it whimper out of you (laughs) (laughs) oh my god yeah i watched uh I watched this uh, Entangled with my sister while she was going through chemo treatments. So I have like, I don't know. I I, I like this movie because it reminds me of her. Uh, she mm-hmm. uh, She's fine now. But um, so like the sisterly bond in it is right. like lovely to me. Um, but I, yeah, I like I rewatched it right before we did this episode. And I was like, wow, I don't know how anyone could not like these movies are actually very, very good. <laughs> they, are. they are. I mean, there's I a reason also, why they're popular. Yes. I also rewatched yeah. the first one and I did enjoy, like I enjoyed it, but I don't think I was able, like I brought, I felt more joy and understanding and uh, appreciation for the second movie after seeing it mm-hmm. than I really did for the first one. I like that the first one plays on, like plays on a lot of like Disney's tropes, which How? we'll talk about throughout the episode. Okay. Yeah, so one versus two. Which one has more earworms and catchier songs and the songs <laughs> you like more? Okay, so Panic at the Disco and Weezer are on this, so obviously <laughs> number two. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I literally um, listen to Into the Unknown like every day now and it, the coworkers are tired of it. I think I'm tired of it, but I still listen to it. What about you? Uh, I don't know how you can listen to a like... Adina Menzel song and want to hear Panic at the, at the Disco more than that, but... <laughs> I love Panic, but obviously <laughs> Adina... 
did it much better. Menzel. <laughs> yes, I will. Well, all all Disney movies have a pop version. Like even non Disney movies always have like the version done by the actor actress and then like a pop song version of it. I know. Um, but yeah, I it's it's fine. Like I after seeing Frozen two, I had I still had Let It Go stuck in my head. Anyway, oh. because I had seen Frozen one a couple days earlier. <laughs> and that song just forever gets stuck in your head. Uh, but today I was listening to the second soundtrack and the songs are really phenomenal. Yeah. Um, they like, are. I felt more connected to them, I think. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. I think that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is your favorite? Musically, I think Into the Unknown is very, very good. Um, emotionally, obviously, the next right thing. Oh my God. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, like I heard like a lot of spoilers for the movie like about like the songs and the soundtrack and everything about like Kristoff's big song and Into the Unknown. I didn't hear anything about the next right thing. That I think it's because people were aware that you're not people are aware that they shouldn't ruin this moment for other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's more that it's not an earworm song. So it's like it's not a big like belt out song. Like let it go is one like, of let those it, songs. Yeah, that like it's let easy it go to get stuck and like through head. the unknown or show yourself or whatever. Like those are like huge. Those aren't like, spoiler. Those aren't particularly spoilery. Do you think? I don't think so. I think you would. I feel as though you could hear the song and not necessarily know what's going on. It's not like you're listening to the Hamilton soundtrack and you already know American history and you already know what what they're singing about. Like you don't necessarily, like you would not have known listening to this song that she was going to travel North to fix like this problem that her ancestors called like, like caused you, you wouldn't have known that listening to the songs. Well, I don't don't know. I I guess my feeling is just that like, like like the other songs that like I heard were definitely in the movie are like like songs that like get stuck in your head and like are like like bigger numbers, but that song is a song like about grief and depression, which is something that like society tends to like shy away from being okay talking about anyway. I I actually think that people are are really interested in this song and what it's saying. I I mean I've read some articles about it that they don't like spoil it in the title or in the description because they don't want to, but people are putting attention on it. Well, that's good because it's amazing. Yeah. When I heard it in the movie, I was just like, oh my God, this is the best song or most important song in my opinion. <laughs> I was too busy crying, but yeah. um, <laughs> uh. <laughs> I won like like at one point I just looked at Arkita and we're both just tears just running down our faces and we're like yeah this is so Wait, sad. Was it during that song or like at a different part? It was around that song, yeah. Okay. So do we want to talk about <laughs> do we want to talk about that song right now? I mean, we've talked about it so much or do we want to talk about Elsa first or Anna Okay. Let's talk about Elsa first. Okay. Let's just talk about her journey throughout the first Frozen and the second Frozen. Like, she started off as, like, I don't know, like, a happy kid playing with Anna. And then, like, as soon as Anna got hurt, like, by them playing with their powers, I feel like the parents just, like, immediately 
like yelled at and blamed Elsa without even without even like figuring out what was happening. They immediately when right. they came in the room were like, "What did you do?" And then the reaction was like to essentially lock her away and hide all of her powers. I've heard a lot of uh, arguments about how this movie like show, like depicts parental abuse. I can see that. I haven't rewatched Frozen in a while, but like mm-hmm. like what do they do exactly to her? They give her gloves. And the gloves are essentially to, like, cut off her sensory f- for her powers so she can't use them. Right. Because I think her, her powers are essentially part of her senses, and it's part of her, like, sense of touch. So they're, like, depriving that sensory from her so she can't use it. They don't teach her how to control her powers. They just lock no. them away. Yes. Her father, there's scenes where her father is basically repeating and having her repeat the line, like, like conceal, don't feel. Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Oh, so, like, man. Yeah, there are never any scenes where she is allowed to, like, learn about her powers or, like, why she is experiencing this or how to control it in any way. It is right. just about um, not not using them. Right. Like, right. They, liter- they lock the gates to all of Arendelle so that no one can come in or out. I feel like that was a bit too far, but... I don't want to say I sympathize with the parents. I understand they're doing it. They went about this all the wrong way. They have a daughter who has powers and another who doesn't. And they have no idea where these powers came from or how to control it. And I think that's why we got to the second movie and got this backstory as to what happened to Elsa's parents is because they were trying to find answers for her. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of abusive parents or controlling parents um the motive is based on fear right yeah i don't know it's like i wonder if they had planned for her parents to like look for a way for her to like control her powers in when they first wrote frozen because it felt kind of like they were backtracking and like rewriting her parents as like better parents in the second movie yeah (laughs) yeah i agree i like (laughs) i don't know like like in frozen one like elsa is shown as someone who has like ptsd and like there's just like so many instances where she's having like panic attacks when like anna's like you know like after the whole like (laughs) like let it go thing where she like runs away Mm -hmm. from the kingdom and is like okay i'm like free now like like, everything is, like, I'm far away from everything. I can, like, think clearly and be myself and wear this, like, blue flowy dress uh, instead of, like, these, like, I don't know, my, my updo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because my, like, weird caterpillar hair. Uh, <laughs> she, like, like, she's all, like, happy and comfortable or whatever. But then, like, when Anna is talking to her, like, and is telling her what's going on in the kingdom and how she froze everything, like, it's showing her having, like, a very severe panic attack and right. Anna just like not understanding that that's what's happening with her, right? Which tra- which tracks with people who have panic attacks, because um, it's not like a visible thing often. So it's like th- like these are things that have that are happening to her because she spent her entire childhood literally locked away, right? And like being told and told that like something's wrong with her and that she's like a monster. She calls right. herself a monster and says she will hurt everyone, including Anna. Mm-hmm. Like these are direct like 
repercussions of her parents locking her away. And it's like, right. yes, they didn't know what they were doing. And maybe if they had survived that trip that like, they were trying to look for answers for her, maybe they would have come back and been like, okay, now we're gonna let you like experience your powers, even though for the past like, however many years, we didn't at all. Uh, like, that seems far fetched to me, that they would just do a 180 as soon as they got back. Well, the thing is that Basically, what ha- like they would have had to free the forest to get her to like really become yeah. herself. So, and that's that really wasn't probably gonna happen at that point. Yeah, yeah. So they probably would have never found a, a quote unquote solution. Well, we want to talk about the concept of letting it go, <laughs> and like if that's healthy or like like how do you feel about that song in general? Other than other than that, it gets stuck in your head. <laughs> I think that people with anxiety often want, have the desire to let it all go, um, mm-hmm. but like that can swing between intense anxiety and complete nihilism. Okay, right? Do you, you know what I mean? Like from everything is important to nothing really matters. Yeah, just let it go. I guess Which is <laughs> I can see a bad. I know people. Well, that some would say that's depression, but um, it you can swing back and forth between, an ex- like everything is super important. Every little detail is important. To nothing matters at all. That's yeah. something I go through a lot. Yeah, where I I don't want to care about things as much as I do because they in the end sometimes like whether the stranger sees me as um nice or a good person doesn't really matter. But then I can swing into, like, nothing really matters, and that's not always a good mindset to have either, you know? So I think that it's important to kind of maintain a balance about what is important to, uh, what does matter and what is important to kind of, um, like, what kind of relationships you want to maintain, what kind of goals you want to have. Those kind of things are important. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. and like Elsa clearly has not had any healthy relationships, mm-hmm. like ma- like other than maybe when she was like very young, right? Um, that's when it seemed like everything was good, um, and so she just like the like she doesn't even know what to think about herself, other than what she was like told to think about herself. Yeah, like like when I moved from New York, like my anxiety was like fucking terrible, and like. Like, it's definitely, like, a lot better now. And my head, like, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, like, like from a distance, like, everything seems so small. <laughs> like, <whatever. laughs> it's like, okay, like, 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 when you get away from everything, it's like, okay, like, things are, like, are a lot better. But then as soon as, like, one, like, one thing goes wrong, like, my brain is like, oh, no, I'm, I'm actually really fucking horrible. Everyone hates me. And it's like, okay, no, cal- like, calm down. That's not what's happening. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you think, Arkita? What does the song mean to you? Um, It's, to it's me, a it's bop. Like, it's, a, uh, it's a bop. It's a Lizzo song. It's a free Lizzo, Lizzo song. Let it go to me, because yes, I do experience those moments of every single detail matters and I can't do anything unless it's all perfect or who gives a single shit. For me, when I listen to Let It Go, it's kind of like somewhere in between. It's like, let it go because 
at the end of the day, only the people who really care about you are gonna, like, be the ones that matter. Like, you can't live your life for other people. You have to live your life for yourself. And if if someone cares about you, they'd have to understand that. Okay, cool. But, like, in Frozen 2, I feel like she still feels very isolated, even from Anna. Mm-hmm. Yes. Anna, whatever. I, yeah, Anna. I think she's still- I think- in Frozen 2, she's now dealing with, like, imposter syndrome. She's like, I've made it this far, oh, but it doesn't yeah. feel right. And that's what I was getting from this entire movie. Yeah. It was like, this isn't where she... Essentially, she's not where she belongs. And she really wasn't. But, like, she doesn't feel comfortable where she is. And she needs to be in a place where, like, she's free to be who she is. And I know that a lot of people that do experience imposter syndrome, like myself, like, you're not always going to be able to have the option to like go live with your native people. Like I'm never going to leave New York, (laughs) but like you just, you, you have to find a way to work within that and find the people that you can call family. So you don't feel like an imposter, but yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't think about imposter syndrome at all. Like, cause you're right. Like she never wanted to be queen. Which is why it makes so much more sense to have Anna be queen at the end of the movie. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, and she's like, so she's like trying to find this voice that she's hearing, which ends up being her own voice, right? How? It's her own voice. <laughs> How the fuck? It's her echo. Was it her echo? She's hearing it, but like, I don't know. When I was like re listening to the songs, it sounded like it's happening actually after she's doing it. She's like the fifth spearman or fifth element or whatever. She is. Like, it, I I feel like it was Atahalin that was calling her, like the actual ocean, because it's magic. So like, I don't know, it's magic. It's not like part of her is already there. She's it's missing from there. So she has to go there to be, like to fully become the fifth spirit. Yeah, her the fifth spirit that's part of her is there. Akita's face is like, what? <laughs> when she's there, like, it, like, doesn't it say, like, the person she's been looking for is herself? I got that part, but I, I feel like Atahalin, that's the name of the river. So let's, so yes, there are different elements. So you have the four elements, Elsa's the fifth one, but also there are spirits, essentially, like, like how a lot of cultures believe, like, there are spirits that inhabit like trees and bodies and people, oh, not people, like objects in the world. Like this river is a spirit just because the, like, just like how the dark sea is like also magical because it's all, it's been keeping people out and it's what killed Elsa's parents. Like Otto Holland is also a magical place that's calling to Elsa. Essentially it's luring her there, but I don't think that it is Elsa. I think. That we're kind of arguing semantics. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> and that, like, because, like, because, like, in the end, it doesn't really matter. Some spirit is calling her there, right? Yes. Out Holland. And then she goes so the- there. And then she becomes the fifth spirit. Yeah. The spirit of Atta Holland is calling Elsa to come, but the only way that, like, she used to go and learn the truth, which is kind of like, Olaf talking about how water has memory in my head since it has memory it also is a spirit because it needs to be kind of like a sentient or semi-sentient being 
in order to retain those memories. Um, it might also be a plot hole. Anyway, so <laughs> well, there, well, um, the reason why I, why I like whatever, like that whole concept of like, okay, Elsa's the fifth spirit, is just because like it essentially is like it, it has her like embrace who she is, mm-hmm. and like like feel great strength of like within her powers finally, and like fully embrace them, and like like we see her finally like get full control over her powers, and like use them for like empathetic reasons like like she like tames that horse or whatever right and she like kisses that little like uh dragon situation (laughs) lizard (laughs) it looks more like a toad or gecko to me like a fiery gecko gecko. Mm -hmm. um yeah like when everyone else is like oh no it's burning down everything she's like yeah let me see what's happening um (laughs) yeah so like it, it's nice to see her like being able to like handle herself and like be one with her powers instead of thinking of them as like an inconvenience and like a, a terror to everyone. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was a little frustrating to me that she kept like going off on her on her own and not trusting Anna and just like pushing her away constantly. But that just she's just a flaw character who is you know what i mean like and it's realistic because even though you tend to have those people that support you as a person that does go through anxiety and depression and all the all the things that come along with being elsa like she's she's been through a lot and it's still taking her a long time to like she knows and loves these people she knows she can trust them but she doesn't want, she doesn't trust herself around them, and she also does not want them to get hurt. So, in her mind, she thinks going off and doing this all on her own is the best thing possible. And that's how she is kind of picturing it in her head that she has to do this alone, otherwise, something bad is going to happen to them. And I, I don't think that if something happened to them, she could personally deal with that trauma. I agree that she would have like a severe meltdown over the trauma of something happened to Anna. Now that she realizes how much Anna cares about her, but I, uh, like I, I understand like the feeling that uh, Elsa, that Elsa going off on her own is frustrating, um, but like it's also frustrating that like Elsa actually has magical powers and is a she's a spirit like she she can walk she can run on water, and she doesn't like, know that she's a spirit yet. She doesn't know she's very good, but she does know she can literally shoot ice from her hands and build castles with that ice and do all sorts of, like, act, like, l- like literal magical things. Like, ice castle for one. Ice yeah. castle for one. <laughs> like, the, the other side of that is that Anna is actually being very overprotective of Elsa because Anna lost her parents at a very early age. And Elsa was also locked away from her, so she had no one to bond with. So she, like, feels almost like she has to, like, mother Elsa. And she doesn't trust Elsa to go make decisions on her own. I don't think that she doesn't want her to make decisions on her own. She just wants to be there to help. Yeah, I feel as though she wants- I feel like Anna has proven herself in so many ways that she doesn't need to anymore- she doesn't want her sister to feel like she has to do this alone. And I think that's why Frozen was so was and is so important is because it's about that sisterly bond. 
And she wants her sister to know that no matter what she's doing, she will be right there by her side. Because it's her choice. It's her choice to go with Elsa. I know the reasons why Anna wants to be with Elsa, but I'm just saying that I think that Elsa, like, is warranted in wanting to do this on her own. I understand that, yes. And and part of this movie is showing that, like, Anna actually has to, like, let Elsa go and, like, be able to move on on her own as a person. And that's, like, part of what the next right thing is about. Like, she makes the decision to tear down the dam after she thinks Elsa is dead. She does the right thing for Arendelle and the, um, yeah, and for Northuldra, like, she makes those decisions after thinking Elsa is no longer there, which is very important because it's her like finally realizing she can do things on her own. That's part of now Anna having her own story instead of her story being tied to Elsa. And so much of this movie, like that we're seeing, is like uh, like there are multiple songs that Anna is singing about how she's doing. Like, like, Elsa is her guiding star, and she, like, is waking up, like, to do things for Elsa in the same way Kristoff is singing about how he is doing everything for Anna. So it's, like, important to show that narrative. Um, I don't like the trope of people making decisions for other people, which is why I, I didn't like when, um, Elsa basically made Anna, like, fly away in the boat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is why I'm like, I don't, I just like when people make their own decisions and uh, and people other people allow them to make those decisions. But Anna wasn't allowing her to make the decision to carry on on her own, which is what she needed to do. It's frustrating to see both sides, right? It's frustrating to see Elsa make the decision to to throw her into a boat and like, just be like, okay, goodbye without having like, I don't know, like a longer conversation about it or whatever. But it's also frustrating to me to see Anna not accepting that she actually cannot physically go where Elsa is. And that is actually the end of the conversation. We're weighing basically two different decisions that are yeah. basically equal. <laughs> Do two opinions neither are of equal. Them are, neither of them are letting the other make the decision at if if Elsa did not have the power to send Anna away, I don't think she would have been able to get rid of her. And I think we, you can account that. Well, of course that. not. But then yes. she also wouldn't have the power to get to that island, like that land right. on her own. But she probably would have realized that at the beach. That you she couldn't I mean? find a way to get there and that only Elsa could do this. Right. I think there would have been a point at which she was like, I actually cannot go further. This is something you have to do alone. Okay. But that's not how the movie went. So, <laughs> but I think we are. Okay. Yeah. Two- I mean, I, I guess I, I feel like Anna's character is so scared of losing Elsa that she would have just been like, you can't do this alone because she literally said that to her multiple times. I don't, it's not like there's a difference between you, like you, you're not capable of doing this alone. And like, I, I want to help you with, I want to support you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I I feel like we're going in circles. Um, <laughs> we, we I know, but basically, it's two different, differing opinions that yeah. like, and neither of them are able to compromise. So yes. Elsa has to send her away. Yes, and in the end, you are correct. She, she's a Anna. Anna is able to make do her own journey, which 
is devastating. Yeah. It's, it is so rough. She loses Olaf and she, she loses, um, well, I guess she loses them at the same time, basically. Yeah. Because they're so tied together. Olaf's death hit way too close to home. Like, we just had, we just had Infinity War. No, Endgame. <laughs> Infinity War. We just had Infinity War. Oh is God. it Infinity War? <laughs> we just lost Spider-Man. And you do the, and you flake us away with Olaf too? Really, Disney? What are you doing to Jenny right now? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Olaf is my Iron Man now. <laughs> oh. Oh. Um, wow, what if we get you like a little like Olaf stuffed animal in an Iron Man suit? That that would be kind of cute. I, I definitely grew to like Olaf more in this movie. I did too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, his his one liners were so funny, right? Like, um, we'll talk about him later. But I feel like Anna was very. I guess. Do you think she she had much character development in the first movie? I mean, I I do personally, but I think so. I liked Anna though. Because I liked, well, for one, like, she, okay, so she's, this is the first time she's seeing her sister with her powers in the first movie because she's so young when what happened to her happened, she doesn't remember any of it. And she actually admits to herself and to Kristoff when they first meet, she's like, yeah, this is all kind of my fault. I have to go find her. I have to help her. And then I have to go save the town. Like, that's all Anna's decision to do that on her own and tell Kristoff, basically, he has to help her. Like, I, I think that that's very brave and commendable for someone who's lived their entire life inside palace walls not knowing much of the outside world to go and do that and you see even more character growth with her in the second movie yeah i mean i see a lot of critique of anna from the first movie is like oh she's like like she had a lot of development in the second one but not a lot in the first one because in the first one like oh she was like a bubbly princess falling in love too early but what's wrong with it's like it's like well <laughs> it's like well actually she was like she experienced trauma from an extremely early age of her parents dying. She was locked away and alone for the majority of her life. Like she <laughs> like I think it's she, I like, think it's pretty normal for her to experience like she's like, Oh, I met someone, this is how you fall in love, right? Or even like I don't know. Also, like, I don't know, as the three of us have discussed, like like not that Anna is watching Disney movies, but she certainly has all those like pictures up all around of like fairy tales, like cis men and women, like fairy tale style, like being in love with each other all over the castle. Like, so I'm sure she has like books of that as well. Like fairy tales depict men and like men and women instantly falling in love with each other. So that's like what she probably right. grew up reading. Nobody's teaching her that that's not okay. No one's telling her these things. No one's essentially parenting her because her parents aren't there. Yeah, and I feel like it's basically like she doesn't understand that there's more than what's on the surface. And mm-hmm. that's what she has to learn. Yeah, And she learns it and she learns quickly. Yeah. Like, she- Oh, yeah. In the worst way possible. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, yeah. Yeah. I hate Hans so much. I get physically nauseous every time I see him in the movie. Hans is a fuckboy. Yeah, yeah I like the that worst. the the villain of the first movie is just a fuckboy. Like, <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah. My younger brother said, like, oh, like, me and Ben reminded him and his wife of Anna and Hans. 
oh, they like fell in love all quickly and then like wanted to get married super fast. And I'm like, that is such a like shallow yeah. surface level thing to say. Like I feel like that's more of an insult to be it, compared to it's Anna I mean I understand he was like talking about like that song specifically, but I was just like yes. it's like he literally tries to kill her. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, also kill like Hans steal her kingdom. Also, like, yeah, like like Hans like reminds me so much of my like rapist ex that it's like, like I said, like it literally makes me nauseous to like look at him because like Hans is just like, like he's like a fucking like fake charmer. Like like he just mm-hmm. like says all the things that he knows she wants to hear, pretends he's in love with her, just like mm-hmm. does all these like th- like manipulative things to get her to be to like fall for him. It, it's such, like, a frustrating, like, comparison to make. And it's like, no. I'm like, Ben's my Kristoff. <laughs> yeah. And, and Sven Good. is Nort. <laughs> <laughs> Ben's Ben's my Sven. Um, <laughs> Sven and Sven. <laughs> In the words of Olaf. Um, but, yeah, I think that's, like, a pretty... I don't know. I think it's, like, a pretty common thing for people to fall in love... Or, well, to fall in lust is actually probably more accurate with like with abusers like Hans because they either are are, like trained by like Disney movies and other fairy tales to like fall in love with these like charming like surface level humans Mm -hmm. (laughs) that like that are just like doing what you what they think you want them to be doing especially if they feel like they've been like alone their whole life and like no one's been like attracted to them or like with them romantically or whatever, which is what Anna's feeling like. Yeah, so Kristoff is obviously a much better love interest. <laughs> um, Way better. Yeah, and I really like a lot, a few of the lines yes. in his role, especially in Frozen 2. My love is not fragile is a really good line. Oh my god. Yeah, it. most of the like spoilers I saw were about like standing Kristoff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And it means that he lets he's okay with with Anna having other strong relationships, such as with his sister, who I think he sees is a stronger relationship, but he He's not threatened by it. He's not threatened by it. I he encourages her to have as much love as possible in her life. Yeah, it's also interesting because like Kristoff also didn't have parents. I don't right? know what happened to Kristoff's parents, don't know. but I, I don't, I don't know remember, but he was raised by the rock gnomes, but I just, I don't remember the backstories to how that happened. Yeah, so it's, pr- so, like, he probably also has, like, a n- unique perspective of, like, okay, like, I want Anna to have as much love in her life because, like, I know what it's like to not have parents or, I mean, like, the rock gnomes did love and care for him, though, but I don't think it's quite the same when you know you have parents and you don't, and you don't know where they are. Yeah. Um, it just, like... Yeah, um, but Kristoff is just, like, such a... He's such an important character for anyone watching Disney movies to see. Because he's, like... He's, like, teaching little boys, like, that it's important to show their feelings. And to, like, have feelings. Like, he's, like, singing, like, a Absolutely. power ballad about his we love for Anna in the, in the woods. We were laughing so hard. We were laughing so hard during that power ballad. Oh my, my, God. my jaw was on the floor. I, up and, I was like... Up until- I, 
today. It took me forever because I'm like, what's this song based off? What's this song based off? It's based off that inspiration song by Chicago. Mm-hmm. Or in my head. Do you hear it? You're the re- Oh my God, I'm such yes. a bad singer. You're the inspiration. <laughs> you bring feeling to my life. No, you didn't catch that. I, was, I got those I don't vibes. know that song. <laughs> what's wrong with you? I don't know that song. What do you want from me? Like, we're going to play that song for you after. No shaming. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just kidding. No, it's okay. It's okay. Um, but yeah, he's, just, oh, he's such an important character. And then like, I don't remember this from the first time I watched it. When I rewatched Frozen 1, I applauded at the end of it when like he he like picks Anna up and spins her around. And he's like, he says like, I could kiss you right now. I would kiss you right now. I mean, can I kiss you right now? And then she ends up like kissing him. It's like he asked for consent before kissing her. He asked yes. for consent. Like I've had so many conversations with guys that are like, well, like we like guys that I'm friends with, not guys that I was like romantically involved with who are like, well, we don't, we didn't know like how to get a girl to kiss us or to kiss a girl or whatever, because like all we see in movies and and uh, TV shows and stuff is just like the man grabs the woman and kisses them. Ugh. Right. And it's like, so you're like, these like guys, like when they're like younger are like sitting there in their beds thinking about like, how am I going to get the girl? To, like, how am I going to get like any type of like physical uh, engagement, like with a girl? And it's like, oh, I can just simply be like, hey, can I kiss you? Would you be okay with that? Would you like like that? <laughs> like if you're already I, like rom- if yes. you're already like going on dates and like romantically involved with each other, like you can ask and you should mm-hmm. ask. You shouldn't just grab someone and kiss them, which is what movies show. I hate right. that. I actually really do appreciate it when a guy asks because yes, you could be having a wonderful moment, but like you're not ready to kiss someone or you're not like like, you're not mentally there yet, so if somebody asks, you'd be like, you can easily say yes or no, and I and I think that it's nice to be able to have that choice. I know that people use, like, the, the like, oh, it's romantic when they No, I fucking hate me. that. No. I feel like, okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm on both sides. I, for one, well, also, I will say, I absolutely will always prefer if somebody asks to kiss me, especially if I don't know what the vibe is, but if, like, we're both like if there's a moment and we're both nose to nose, what do you think is happening? Like if my nose is touching your nose, my nose <laughs> would not normally be touching your nose. Because I don't like touching people. Sure, but but you know, like you would ask, like, is it okay? Like, even if you're in that moment, you're like, can we keep going? Like, and there are so many different ways to ask. You don't have to just be like, Can I kiss you? It's like, would you like to do this? Can I keep going? Are you okay with this? Like, you, I Look, feel like it's, we're always, guys tend to get caught up or, you know, no matter the gender, get tend to get caught up on, humans. well, I wouldn't know how to do it. Well, I don't know how to ask it. And I'm like, there's so many ways. Yeah, it doesn't matter what, what, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter, guy, girl, whatever. Like, it, like, there just needs to be more depictions of enthusiastic consent because enthusiastic consent is the sexiest thing in the world and there needs to just be more of that on screen. And it's so cool that they show that in this movie when Disney movies typically do not ever show something like that. 
Yeah, and so and so like yeah, and like another thing that Disney tends to show is like a kiss being the thing that saves uh like saves the pr- the princess in the end. But like at the end of like these movies like Anna essentially is saving Elsa. Uh because like their bond is so important like that is what like the true love like in the first one like an act of true love is Anna and Elsa. Right. The most important love is not romantic love necessarily mm-hmm. yeah it's great it's great to see that finally depicted yeah and when anna loses elsa and olaf um in the next right thing song and in that moment um it was like a really like concise but like like it was like really like obviously it was a very fast arc from like <sighs> Yes. Like, <laughs> really depressed to, like, getting up and, like, pushing forward. But it is a good kind of, like, depiction of the grief and the feelings that go along with it. The coldness, emptiness, numbness. And, like, it, it felt like she was ready to just die. She, yeah. was, she was just ready to die. And, like, I really liked the um, line... This grief has a gravity if pulls me down because it that's exactly what depression is, like a physical feeling of being unable to get up a lot of the time. Um and those it, that really hit me and like it's interesting that she uses obviously Elsa and what she would do to kind of be a motivator, but like the idea of Taking everything a step at a time, a breath at a time, is also um, something that is useful for kind of pulling forward. Because sometimes the only thing you can focus on is the next minute, yeah. and then a the minute after that, and then a the minute after that. And I feel like, if especially when you feel the kind of... You know what's interesting is that Olaf talks about like in a funny way about how nothing is permanent how we uh make the best out of what we can control those are the best and the <laughs> funniest line. lines we we call this making the best out of what we can control is oh my god that was we the were best cracking line. up in the theater it was the delivery was yes. so good yes um it's so funny so but it's also so fucking true um we can only control what we can control. Nothing is permanent, um, contrary to what Anna sings in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and something I've told people who are in the slump is that this slump isn't forever. Yeah. If you are in the worst moment of your life, that means that things will only get better. That this will change always. Even if it's for the worst, it will change at least. And usually, it, if it's in the most worst moment of your life, it will probably get better. Yeah. I I mean, I love that the song, like, just even starts out with, like, I've seen dark before, but not like this. Because mm-hmm. it's just, like, th- like, there are levels of depression, even, like, that you mm-hmm. can feel. And it's just, like, 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 like she has, like, seen depression like like we said like her her parents died at a young age and everything um so it's 
like it, yeah i just i really appreciated like what this song like could recognize for like children who are already like like predis- predisposed to depression mhm and then who might like later feel like even worse symptoms of it like so they know like you can come back from it you just have to focus on like one moment at a time god this song's so good <laughs> yeah it's it's incredible yeah like um, like it's not just like no just like get over it like what you're feeling isn't real like don't worry <laughs> like calm down <laughs> you know what i mean it's like it's like no 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 like depression is fucking hard <laughs> like, yeah it's it's hard to even move <laughs> like mm-hmm. Oh God! Yeah, so and grief good. especially is like it's just like a different layer of depression. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, yeah, when you lose your best friend, basically, or a very very close loved one, it's hard to imagine life without them. Yeah, but like you like keep those people in your life in small ways, and especially with her because like so much of her identity is tied to Elsa, right. Mwah, chef's kiss. I know. I, when this song came up, I was like, well, we're going to be talking about that on the <laughs> right? <podcast." laughs> um, okay, what else? Um, oh, I don't know. I love Olaf. He's, yeah. He's such a adorable, wise, somehow character. Like the, the best thing they ever did was do this rapid mental aging existential crisis thing. <laughs> To him, because it was so funny and like so poignant too. Yeah, when I'm older. I, <laughs> yeah, I feel like a lot of the things that he sang about were things like as a child, you don't think about when I'm, old, when I'm older, I'm gonna understand all these things. As a child, you're like, what the fuck is happening? What the fuck is happening at all times? And he's just like, what the fuck is happening? I guess I'll understand when I'm older, but you don't. You're not that self-aware to think, when I'm older, I'll know what's happening, because you're not. Like, Yeah, not like nothing, like when you're a kid, like nothing makes sense. And well, also like older, you know, adults always, like when you're a kid, are like, you'll get it when you're older. Like you'll understand when you're older. Right. So it might also be like commentary on that. Like, <laughs> like it's fucking ridiculous that people tell you you'll understand when you're older, because when you're older, nothing makes sense either. <laughs> But they still don't, uh, they're not explaining it to you when you're older. Like, it all happens, and then you get older, and you're like... Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. What happened? I was saying, I think that song was kind of like him being like, it's ridiculous, you won't understand it when you're older either, don't worry. <laughs> like, it's, you'll never understand. We'll never. Yeah, the, abs- uh, the absurd part is that all this magical stuff, no one would understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So good. Oh my god. I'm ready to talk about the villain in this movie. Okay. That's what I've really been waiting for. Okay, go for it. You go. I'm ready? Oh, shit, because as I was watching it, it I knew it. I knew it. Bitch, as soon me as too. Bitch, me know, too. As soon, as soon as you saw them go talk with the elders, I was like, yep. yo, they about to fuck some shit up. It's, the white people are about to fuck it up for everyone. Yep. The white people, <laughs> they really did this. They really, And I was like, yo, Oh my god. Elsa's yeah. grandfather is a prick. But yeah. also like that is that is the nature and story of colonialism historically is they don't it's like they don't trust the people that are native to this land and that they're not willing to learn the culture, they're not willing to learn the ways, and 
they kind of want to drain the land of its resources, as in the water that provides for the land that's been essentially killing the forest for the last 30 years, but Arendelle is fine. It's like, like, who do you, who, what sense of entitlement do you have to, like, make these people's lives harder? And, and in my head, I'm like, you know, white people, but... <laughs> yeah, like, uh... But there is no but, you know, there there is no but, and it, it's like, I think watching this movie, it's a first that I'm seeing a Disney movie that actually yes about this right? kind of situation because yes. like there i don't i don't not outside of disney it's usually like a political or you know you don't even see this kind of thing so we had, they gave us pocahontas for christ's oh fucking sake yeah like the, this movie came out the weekend before thanksgiving which i right. think is significant um like what <laughs> as soon as they like yeah as soon as they started showing like the um the memories of the past and stuff like that. I was just like, oh my God, they're going to actually show that like the white, like colonizers like murdered the indigenous people. And like, we're traitors to them. Like they're going to actually show this. They're going to like show not whitewashed history. So right. like kids of this generation seeing these Disney movies will actually see like, see that really happened. <laughs> like, yes. And it's like seeing it, and being able to understand it and growing up with it so that way when you're older, you don't have an instance of like, why do I feel guilty? It's not me. I didn't do it. It was my ancestors. Get over it. It's like, no, 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 no. You're still reaping the benefits for yes. it. Just like Anna realizes. Oh, my God. Yes. My town is reaping the benefits of something really shitty that my ancestors did. Time to fix it. Like, it's quite literally that simple and you're just oh just oh this is one of those things that grind my gears and i just i'm like anna's like whole like her like sense of safety and everything uh that she was like singing about in uh some things never change whatever was based on that like dam or wall or whatever that was built and how like well it'll never come down and like it protects arendelle and then like as like when she realized what her grandfather did she was like time for radical retribution she's like yes. she's like immediately like I, I was like holy shit are they really doing this i thought they were really gonna go for it and destroy arendelle and i was I so too. fucking pumped i was like this is the coolest thing i've ever seen i was like this is immediately gonna be my favorite movie if that happens and i was pretty i was frustrated that they copped out and and didn't do it but i, I was like eh. i was not well, they, I they weren't going to kill the people. The people weren't in Arendelle. No, but you have to think about it this way. Everyone's kind of accustomed to a different way of life. I thought of it as, okay, what Anna what Anna did for the Northundral North North people was like a very kind and well long overdue gesture. And the spirits of the forest or the um, spirits of Atta Holland saw that and was like, okay, your people don't deserve to be drowned or your town doesn't deserve to be drowned. And in the end, because like, where would they have gone? They would have gone to live in They're a society to that they don't know. They would, they would rebuild. They would, they would be built, but they would be very bitter. And then that would probably just cause even more tension between the two groups. I feel like allowing them to have their home and keeping it safe allowed for better trade between the two groups of people. Not even that, like, 
just better communication. Like you're no longer living with intent with tension and fear of what the other is going to do, because that's kind of what happens is you start othering when you're othering people, you're producing fear and you're, when you fear them, that's when you get violence and it, it, it ends up becoming a cycle. I completely understand. I understand what you were saying. Um, I, I just liked the idea of like, like really well, being radical in that moment. And I was like, that is so fucking cool. Uh, just go, go, just go watch Thor Ragnarok again. Yeah. I was like, all right, Disney can't actually quite do that. But, but something that is, um, really cool. And, um, you know, like maybe they wanted it to be like what you're saying, uh, Arkita, is that like Disney did sign a contract with um, uh, indigenous uh, Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. I don't know. Well, uh, Sammy leaders um, that represent indigenous people uh, respectfully in Frozen too, because like they have had such a bad history of are, being are just those- like awful. To are those American Indians? No, no, they're no. Scandinavian indigenous oh. people. Okay, sorry, I, I I wasn't sure. Okay, no, that's okay. Um, yeah, because like they've had like Disney is such has had such a bad track bad. record of yeah. being like culturally insensitive. Um, mm-hmm. the Scandinavian um, Sally parliaments of Norway, Sweden, and Finland. Uh, mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and also, like, in the beginning of Frozen 1, apparently there's, like, a choral chant that opens up the film that's inspired by an an, an ancient Sami vocal tradition, but there's literally only white people in Frozen 1. Like, I thought it was in Frozen 2 that it opens up. Or am I just thinking about no, the soundtrack? Because no, there in, is a part in the no, soundtrack. No, in Frozen, in Frozen 1, 2. there's, like, a choral chant that's, like, inspired by it, but it's, like, white oh. people. Uh <laughs> So, which in Frozen 2, I think they do the same exact choral chant, but it's sung by the indigenous people. Oh, okay. I remember which, that. Which yes. like yes. is like really incredible sounding. Yeah. Um, yes. But it's like, I don't know, watching Frozen 2 is like, okay, you clearly sign a contract. Like, there's actually black people in your movie for once. So like, oh my gosh, not like- <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, wait a second, wait a second. We have brown people in Arendelle. That has nothing to do with that contract, though. I know. No, I, that I did know. not. That part did it, but it was. I think it's trying to show that yes, there's white people, but you can. I mean, it wasn't that diverse to be honest. But you can have. People. There are black but people there. there are, yes, there are black people in the world, and we exist, and they can they can exist in spaces that tend to be predominantly white. Same way that if you're white, you can exist in the vice versa of the situation and still be able to get along. Just don't fuck shit up, white people. <laughs> uh, okay, is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, um, well, did- we never got into... Did we ever talk about like how else, how they discovered that Elsa had her powers? Because they talk about it at the end of the movie... That because her mother saved her father, because her mother was one of the native people, and when the fight broke out, she went to save the father because they were both young children at the time. Backtracking, but whatever. (laughs) That was a white woman in the first one, (laughs) right? (laughs) I was like, 
But they, she looks, they, they draw her super white. Like They really did. They really did. Because I was like, wait, everybody else, how'd this happen? Like, <laughs> how, how'd this happen? I, I don't, I'm like, I'm not a geneticist, but. <laughs> like, not saying that, like, uh, you know, like, people always look. They don't exactly always they are, look but, it, but everyone else did. Come on. <laughs> That that was some backtracking. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then, anyway, the gift was anyway. It's that Elsa was bestowed this gift from the spirits or Atta Holland because mm-hmm. her mother did a selfless act of saving her father. I will say it is really weird. That her mother disclosed this information was like, yeah. I have to tell you the truth about me. I'm like, wait, so he didn't know this whole time that you were not from Arendelle? Like, what have you guys been doing? I don't know. Oh, oh, oh wait, weird. wait, the dad didn't know? No, she literally says to him, I have to tell you the truth about That's true. where I'm from. What? Uh, <laughs> yes, there's a whole scene about it. Uh, I also missed the first five minutes of the movie. So uh, no, that was later on. But oh, okay, even okay. still, that was like when they were going back, and even still, like, like she was. There's a lot of secrets. There's there a lot, of, a lot secrets. of secrets because even the song that she sung to Anna and Elsa when they were young, like about Atta Holland and how if you went too far, it would drown you. Which, Literally, kind of did. Okay. But Speaking of secret, I love in Into the Unknown when she says like, "Oh, like, like secret siren calling me or whatever." But it's a woman's yeah. voice, so it's like, okay, Elsa, queer icon. Yes. <laughs> either, either she, it's she's a, a queer icon for herself. Yeah. No, I know. So it's like, okay, look, Elsa is either, you know, like lesbian representation or arrow or ace like whatever she is it's not hetero (laughs) (laughs) like and i love it (laughs) shout out i will i mean not really shout out but thank you for giving better representation in this movie for indigenous peoples and also for showing diversity some diversity in this movie with having like like, showing the indigenous people and showing that brown people can also exist, like, in this civilization, I say loosely with air quotes. Because I I feel like so much of history is rewritten by the oppressors and the winners that they say that, like, oh, I just, oh, I'm sorry, I just get so frustrated when I think about it. And I hear the terms that, like, without colonization, you wouldn't have the technology we have today. Or without colonization, you guys would still be running around in teepees and huts. And I'm like, that is a damn lie. They had a whole trading systems. They built entire civilizations. They were, they were able to build buildings with, yes, like, they had several story buildings, like, taught y'all how to use soap, so I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Still yes. teaching some of y'all how to use soap, so I really don't want to hear it. <laughs> but, like, I, I don't know. I just enjoy that they were able to show, like, these are people and they have their traditions and cultures and civilization and it's lasted this long. Even though they were trapped in the forest, they still maintained all of it. And it's not, they're not just, like, bad representation of what you would call, like, an Indian. And I feel bad using that word, but, like. Okay, it, here's it's, something it's, fun. Here's something fun yes. you should know. Um, I did a Native American seminar recently, yeah. and um, I did some research, 
And it looks like a lot of Native Americans or American Indians use American Indians to describe themselves when they're not using just their tribe. So, okay. Yeah, so So I was surprised because I thought American Indian wasn't like the right term, but like a lot, like people officially use it on their websites and stuff. So I guess to each their own, I guess. To each their own, yeah. Yeah, so. But yeah, no, I think that that's what I enjoyed about the movie. I mean, I also like that when, um, I don't remember his name, but that, like, the main, um, soldier, uh, captain, chief, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. who was, like, like, trapped in the, like, like, when he, like, came out, it's, like, uh, you know, like, he, like, he has to, like, all of a sudden, like, catch up with technology and, like, everything <laughs> right. that's, like, that he's, like, you know, been lost for the past, like, several decades, and, like, he, like, you know, takes that, like, picture, and he's, like, <laughs> just, like, look at that while I'm gone, or whatever. He's, like, it's, like, oh, yeah! Oh my god, so flirty! He was cute. That was cute. That was cute. Yeah, and I also like that they like um, pretty immediately decided to abandon what they thought was right for Arendelle all the, for all those years and go with what Anna uh, Anna was saying to do with destroying the wall. Mm-hmm. Yes, because yep. walls and dams only build more problems. <laughs> yeah. What? Yes. Also, you are you uh at the very beginning we like I said like I like that these movies kind of go against Disney tropes and you asked what I meant and I just mean like how like Disney tropes are basically like oh there's like a prince and a princess and they fall in love really quickly but in this one like in Frozen like the prince is actually the villain. Right. And like uh, and like the like true love's first kiss is like another trope that they like go against, right? Well, they also did that in Maleficent as well. Yeah, but that's yep. not a cartoon. No, it's right. not quite the same. But but even still, um, still that's good true. for it to be done in more than one movie. Yeah. yeah. So, props to Maleficent as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's just, like, a couple different tropes that they, like, go against, and I enjoyed yeah. it. And it's like, yes, you did um, force those things into the brains of entire generations, <laughs> um, which molded us into thinking that's what love is supposed to be, and it's not. So thank you for trying now to undo it for younger generations. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so thanks so much for listening. Please take a moment to subscribe. Review and rate us, please. Um, it's the easiest way to help support our podcast. And this week's review comes from The Pink Samurai. And it says, I've been a fan of Daniel's work for years, and I adore this podcast. They are all so honest and open, and it really does feel like you're sitting around friends. If you want to chat with us about the episode, our social medias are Fandom and Wellness on Instagram. Fandom and Wellness on Facebook. And Phantom Wellness on Twitter. And you can also find me at Classy Rebel Design. Me at Fan Mailbox. And me at Little Petal, all on Instagram. And if you want bonus content, you can join our fandom family at patreon.com slash fandom and wellness for Patreon exclusive geek sessions. Also, um, we are, I am about to post the panel from, our panel from Dragon Con, because I oh. found it as a video. Um, Whoa! Uh, 
Oh, yeah, God. We got, we got a video of it. Um, oh, God. I was so, still in cosplay makeup. What? <laughs> so I'll be posting that on there if you want to take a look. Uh, just become a patron. Mm-hmm. Yes. And let us know if we should do the panel next year as well, if you guys yeah. are going. I know I'm there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we should. Awesome. All right. And remember, be kind and take no shit. Yeah, boy. Okay, let it, <laughs> let it go. Let it go. Show yourself. Let it go. Let it go.